The views and opinions expressed in this program by the host or guests do not state or reflect those of the company, its management sponsors, or any entities they represent. Oh, it's lit. We prime time. Subscribe, like, and share. Give us your feedback. Yo. I'm Manny at the plate and Kobe off a of steal. Rescue for the goal and Brady at the wheel. I'm a game changer. The Osaka of the tennis and breaking scoreboard. Simone of the Olympics. Defense and big business. The Mayweather who way better. From the greatness of Jim Brown, I bend down. Talk of sports before I was off the porch. Screaming bow nose while Jordan was playing horse. Late 80s getting torched by the drive in the shot. 2016 got a ring off the three in the block. They ease to forgot. The cardiac kids, Price and Doherty, Bell in the Indian years. This who it is. Your host, D-Train, yo, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Yo, your host, D-Train, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. D Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports. Man, what's really, really good? It's Friday, TGIF. You know what time it is. It's April. NFL Draft weekend and started. NBA playoffs going ham. NHL playoffs going ham. It's fights. And brawls going in the overseas basketball, and it's everything. You got the drama, you got the theatrics, you got the heartbreakings, and everything. All right, D Trent Game Changer Sports Talk Industry Sports streaming on multiple media platforms live at this moment: Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. You know, so follow us on IG. Industry sports at D Trent. You know what I'm saying? If you missed it live, definitely catch the replays on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, various other streaming platforms. Um, wherever you're streaming from, the links will show up in the little chat so you can chat. You know what I'm saying? You can jump in conversation, you know what I'm saying? But um, man, we just talk about latest sports right now, man. So I I probably should start with the bad news first, right? Um, Even though this happened a couple days ago, right? We got to talk about it because I'm disappointed. You know, my city's disappointed. You know, my fellow fan Basians, they're disappointed. You know what I mean? Because um, the Cavs got beat. They got beat. Um, so the Knicks, the New York Knicks, have moved forward in the NBA playoff, advancing to the second round um, by beating the Cavs at home in Game Five, one hundred six to ninety five. Uh, Julius Randle didn't even play in the second half; he was hurt, but he left the game with thirteen point six assists and four rebounds. Um, which is interesting being that he started 0 for 5 from the field. Mitchell Robinson had 18 rebounds, 11 offensive, and 13 points. Jalen Brunson had 23 points. Josh Hart had 4 points and 12 rebounds. 
RJ Barrett had 21 points. Emmanuel quickly had 19 off the bench, and Obi Toppin had 12 off the bench. For the Cavaliers, in a series saving game, the Cavs, Evan Mobley has six points, nine rebounds, and four assists, 39 minutes. Jared Allen had four points, four rebounds, four assists, four personal fouls in 36 minutes. Darius Garland had 21 points, six fouls, four assists, and two rebounds. Karis LeVert had 17 points, four assists, five rebounds. Donovan Mitchell had 28 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Isaac Okoro had 10 points. Chetty Osman had six points. The Cavs got whooped. I love my Cavs. You know what I'm saying? I'm a homer for life. But the Cavs got whooped. Not because they don't have the talent. And I've had a couple days to sit on this, okay, y'all? You know what I'm saying? Um, I ain't going to even lie to y'all. I was, I was, before we got to game five, or before game five started, somebody asked me about firing JB. And I was saying how, you know, he didn't took all this time building the team up. Um, you know, he didn't did, you know, he didn't, he didn't got this team where it's at and they, and they fuck with him. Um, but I ain't gonna lie. JB, the reason we lost this series. Um, and don't get me wrong. I don't exonerate the players at all. Uh, the players play soft. But as a coach, you have to be able to give the hard lessons and make the hard decisions. The New York Knicks were being physical. This had nothing to do with talent, to be honest. And I don't want New York Knicks fans to think I'm saying their team is not talented. But the reason they won this series had nothing to do with talent. If you actually watch the games, it wasn't no spectacular moves going on. This was just simple, come down, get to where I want to get, and go for my shot. It was that simple. It was that basic. What should have been one of the most exciting one of the most exciting series in the first round turned out to be a complete wash. The Cavs didn't show up. Post-game, post-series interviews of Cavalier players, there were things mentioned like the lights were too bright. Um, they were more physical than us. Um, we didn't show up. I have a problem. So that's one part, right? I have a problem with coaches that get to the playoffs and don't stick to things that got them there. 
All right. That bothers me. I'm also bothered by when you don't learn. When you as a coach who will tell a young young player that you're grooming that they should be able to learn from their mistakes and learn on the fly, but you're not setting that example. Case in point, if the Cavs make the playoffs last year, Donovan Mitchell doesn't get traded for Crazy as that sounds, right? If JB actually figured out last year how to pair his role players with his star players in order to allow them to get off offensively while still being able to do what he needs to do defensively, the Cavs make the playoffs. The Cavs had two chances to get in the playoffs. And in both games, they had a chance to win. But for some reason, JB gets in these pressurized situations and he chokes. He chokes. I'm not exonerating the players. JB doesn't play on the court. Jared Allen was fooled the whole series. He was fooled. D Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, streaming live from multiple media platforms Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Um, follow us on IG at Industry Sports or at D Trent. Check out the industrysports.com website and catch latest articles, things like that going on in the sports in the Cleveland sports world, local community sports world. Um, if you do miss the live streams, you can catch the replays on Anchor, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Radio Public. Look for the Industry Sports channel on those select uh, streaming platforms. Once you subscribe to there, you can find the uh, Game Changer Sports talk, uh, talk show, and we can go from there. Um, but Jared Allen was fooled, bro. He was fooled. The Knicks lit up every time they seen him. Mitchell Robinson, after game one, was asked by a reporter, did it look like the Cavs? And he said, oh, you seen that? And that wasn't motivation. JB, that wasn't bulletin board material. The team plays a reflection of whatever the coach strategy is. I don't care who it is. Okay, definitely the personality of the star. Now, in Cleveland's case, you have three potential stars, and I'm gonna say a fourth one because if Isaac Okoro develops any type of consistent offensive game, he's automatically a two way all star. His defense is almost elite at 20 years old in the NBA. Now, I want people to remember that. He's 20. 
Or he might be 21 now. Then he might have just turned 21. But he's, he's 21. And he's already considered one of the almost elite defenders in the NBA. When his offensive game actually opens up, it's going to be a different story for these Cavaliers. But Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell. Um, you can add Karis LeVert in there. Karis LeVert is a potential star. Um, definitely potential all-star material, for sure. So the Cavs have five all-stars, former all-stars, potential all-stars, for sure. Maybe even six. Period. We got Neto on the bench, Rubio on the bench, Lamar Stevens, Dean Wade, Robin Lopez. John Blair Bickerstaff, sir. What is the point of having these guys on your roster if you're not going to utilize them to win? You did it last year versus Brooklyn and Atlanta, which is why the Cavs didn't get into the playoffs. And they could have. And had the Cavs got into the playoffs, we don't make the play for Donovan Mitchell. Now, I don't have a problem with us having Donovan Mitchell. I'm just setting the stage for my next set of phrases, which is John Blair Bickerstaff gets to this year in the playoffs. You don't even have to play in a play-in. Y'all win 50 games. Even though y'all backslided after the after the All-Star break, to be honest. You had that series of games where you, you, you just couldn't close or you find yourself down and you can come back, but you couldn't close. Then y'all figured out how to close by just getting a good lead and maintaining it with good defense. But as far as last second plays, drawing up for specific guys to take advantage of their mismatch, you didn't do that. As far as playing matchup basketball, we're putting your energy guys against their energy guys or bringing in guys that will help soak up fouls so your all-star guys don't feel like they got to get their back broke to perform. You didn't do that. You've been outcoached by every coach that you went against in the playoffs. Two of these coaches are no longer even coaching. Nate McMillan outcoached you last year with the Hawks, and Steve Nash outcoached you last year with the Nets. And neither one of them have a job anymore. This year, you were outcoached by Tibbs, who arguably was on the hot seat. Tibbs, I don't care what New Yorkers say. Had the Cavs played to the, their potential and put the Knicks out, Tibbs would have got fired. Julius Randle would have got traded. I promise you that. Now, I understand y'all can say, you can speak on if, if is a fifth, and that's cool. That's respectable. That is a legitimate statement. But it's not going to change the fact that had 
J.B. Bickerstaff did his full job, things would be different. What magnifies this is that, so it's like 50-50, right? Kyler Saxon got to Utah and didn't really do nothing per se. That don't mean that the story is written on him. It's just that he really didn't do nothing per se. Um, but Laurie Marketing won most improved player. Laurie Marketing was the leading scorer for the Utah Jazz. Now, me personally, when they traded Laurie and uh, um, Ocha and the picks and Sexton, the one thing I said was, I don't care about them picks. F them picks. But the three guys you traded didn't have a role on the team. This is why I'm not tripping on the trade. I'm not bothered by the trade. What I am saying, though, is, JB, you've been given enough talent to show that you can coach. And you haven't risen to the challenge. Like, you haven't upheld the standard for, for the expectations you were given. At this point, Evan Mobley is going into his third year. And we don't know what his offensive package looks like when it impacts games. JB, if they fire you, I cannot even be mad, bro. After breaking down all the information, one can only conclude that they lightweight got to fire you first. And it really hurts to say that because I personally feel like you should get a chance, but you got Luke Walton on the staff. I don't care what nobody says about Luke Walton. Luke Walton know how to orchestrate an offensive basketball team. He was brought in there to help you do offensive things. And you still couldn't figure it out? Okay. So if we're not going to fire JB and we're going to give Luke Walton more impact, I need a veteran Former head coach on that bench who knows how to do matchups. I'm all for pairing the team together. It, it takes a community to raise a child. I'm all for that. But if you're not going to fire JB, then a lot of people on that on that coaching staff on that bench got to go. Because nobody had the heart to tell JB, you're not making the right moves right now. You're not helping these young kids be. There was no reason not to play Dean Wade, Robin Lopez, and um, and Lamar Stevens. It is inexcusable to not play Lamar Stevens specifically. You have no excuse. This series was a prime coming out party for Lamar Stevens. I kept crying, bro. 
Levert the only one hitting for real. Alright, so let me just break down how let me just break down what the Knicks did, right? I'm gonna simplify this for you. Darius Garland doesn't weigh enough to check anybody. And clearly neither does Jared Allen. Darius Garland has enough offensive skills to offset what they try to hunt him for on the defensive side. On top of that, Darius Garland plays in the paint. Jared Allen was a liability. Jared Allen should have played maybe 20 minutes a game this series. And that's being really, really nice about it. When New York started to get physical, Robin Lopez and Lamar Stevens should have came in the game. Why? So they could play physical. So they could play physical. Karis LeVert was playing physical. Isaac Okor was playing physical. And you could have just threw Dean Wade down there or Chetty Osmond just give some more shooting on the floor. And you could have just told Karis to go to work. You got three different people down there you can sit, get to set screens for you, and you got Chad your weight on the wings. Go to work. Whatever y'all do, make sure you come down and get a bucket. Don't rush your shot. Get good buckets. This is it. You could have used that team against their starters. So when they had to go to some of their bench, then you could have got Donovan and Garland and Mobley in the game. But when New York seen Allen and Darius Garland, they seen food. They even got it to the point where they specifically got those two mixed up in the pick and roll so it didn't matter. The Cavs offset that by just putting the main guy on the ball handler, which was either Chetty or Coro. And to be honest, what was so crazy was, and I don't see how JB couldn't see this. Jalen Brunson really couldn't get good shots on a Coro. So he would take a Coro to the hole and draw a foul. Or he would get him in the mid-range and get him to get him on a pump fake and then get a shot. Chetty Osman, he couldn't drive on, so he would just ISO and get the step back jumper. Levert played probably the best all-around defense on him, but Levert don't weigh enough. Every time Julius Randle seen um, Evan Mobley or Jared Allen coming up to check him on the perimeter, he attacked them. He noticeably bullied them to the hole. And the coach didn't say, hey, bro, I got to put some heavier guys in.
everything that I'm mad at the players. I felt like just as a person, as a man, as a grown man, you just ain't let nobody let you bully you like that, though. Fuck what, fuck what the coaches talk about or whoever else talk about. Just as a grown man, you just can't just let people do you like that. But not only was that getting done, the coach didn't help his team. And for those reasons, JB either got to go or you got to get a veteran assistant coach down there that knows how to play matchups and scheme basketball games. And that's going to teach JB how to be that guy. If you can't do that, JB got to go. I ain't going to even hold you. On top of that, Jared Allen has to go. I don't even care what he does when he comes back from the offseason. He has to go. The president has to be said that that type of, that just can't be tolerated on the team. Donovan Mitchell was a complete no-show. Who did you just say had to go? I just can't. What's good, bro? Who you just say had to go? Jerry Allen. I said JB, JB and Jerry Allen gotta go. Yeah. If JB stay, they need to get like a Kenny Atkinson or some type of veteran coach on that bench that knows how to do matchups and all that type of shit so he could teach JB or JB gotta go. Jerry Allen has to go. He has to go. Jared Allen got punked. And he admittedly got punked. And I understand that he only 25. And I understand that we should be giving these guys a chance to come back and fight back. And that's something I've been preaching. But, um, no, yeah. Hey, Six, welcome to the stream, bro. Six say no, Allen good. They gotta get rid of JB though because he doesn't know how to utilize his big man. I'm I'm with you though, Six. He don't know how to like after a couple days of just breaking this down from the last couple years. Um, and I don't know if you heard me at the beginning what I was saying, like, but after seeing how they perform this year, I can say with confidence if the Cavs make the playoffs last year, they don't make the trade for Donovan Mitchell. They don't make the trade if they make the playoffs next year. This year, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and feel free to come up too, bro. But um, uh, but this year, like he's got out coached by three different coaches, and two of these coaches don't even got a job no more. Nate McMillan and the Hawks last year, who's now replaced by Quinn Snyder. And um and Steve Nash last year on the Nets, who's now replaced by Jacques Vaughn. And Thibodeau this year. And I was saying, listen, JB did such a horrible job that people forget that Thibodeau was on the hot seat. People forget that if the Cavs do their job. If JB do his job and the Cavs win this series, 
Thibodeau was fired. And Julius Randle was probably traded. But JB gotta go. Allen was fooled, bro. I'm sorry. I, I'm cool with Allen going. He can go. Because Okoro gotta stay. And now hundred million that I'm giving to Allen, I can give to Okoro, who I know for a fact gonna develop a, a offensive game that's gonna produce for me. Evan Mobley gonna get his weight up so he can go to the center. And now What's crazy is they could have still had marketing. And I ain't tripping that marketing gone. But it's just because of how things played out. Now you got to look at these scenarios like, damn, marketing with Mobley would have probably been crazy because marketing got a little dog in it. Marketing got some clutch in it. He hasn't clutched him for us last year. But just to... Just the whole mis misusage of the team. Yeah, bro. JB got to go. I'm sorry. I don't know what other coaching. If, I don't know who to suggest, but he got to go. All right, but let's move on in this basketball talk, right? Because the Lakers, no. Let me talk about Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets. Hey, dog. Hey, dog, Jimmy is Mr. Playoff right now. And don't get me wrong, this ain't no, the link not working. Where are you hitting it from, Facebook? Go to, um, let, let me see something right quick. Um, shoot you on the YouTube link and see if it'll hit you from the YouTube. Jimmy Buckets, yeah, bruh. Hemi Buckets, Hemi Buckets, hey. No, so listen, though. What Jimmy has done is nothing short of spectacular. It is nothing short of spectacular. And the fact that Milwaukee got put out helped JB. Okay. Listen, bro. The fact that Milwaukee lost lightweight helped, helped JB because. Jimmy took over the series. No Tyler Hero. No Oladipo. He took over the series. And Donovan Mitchell, bro, that's how you take over a series. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to... I'm telling you, man. Jimmy dropped 56 to go up 3-1 and then dropped 45 to close it out. That's that's doggish, bro. It's just him and Bam. I'm not going to even lie. It's two places I would love to see Dame Litter go. Yeah, let's go. What's good with you, baby? He say Cavs went from 
112 averaging 112 points a game during the season to 94 points per game in the playoffs. Shaking my head. Yeah, that's a that's a JB problem, bro. JB gonna have to slide. But um, it's two places I want to see Dame go, right? And welcome to everybody who just tuned in and who tuning in. You know, what I'm saying it's a pleasure to have you all here. Um, and Milwaukee and and Miami is two of those places. Um. I heard people talk about Philly, and don't get me wrong, I ain't I ain't opposed to that. But to see Dame and Drew Holiday with Giannis Antetokounmpo, yeah, that's doggish. To see Dame, Jimmy, and Bam out of bio is just ruthless. So yes, I would like to see Dame come to the East, and yes, those are two teams. On my top rater, I feel like he should go to. But Miami look like they surging, bro. And the Knicks played a good-ass series. So the way they play, um, the New York and Heat series should be a great series. I'm not going to hold you. Um, if they all play the way they've been playing and they, and they offenses actually click, because New York offense didn't even click against the Cavs. They literally run off bully ball. Which is crazy. They won off bully ball. Like, but the Heat play that same type of ball. You know, so that should be a good series. Um, I ain't gonna lie though. I'm still taking the Heat in six, though. I ain't got nothing against uh New York at all. But y'all don't have a player as good as Jimmy Butler on y'all team. And Bam Adebayo was not about to let Mitchell Robinson do the shit he did against the Cavs. So I don't, I don't, I'm definitely giving y'all two games. I wouldn't even be surprised if it went seven. I prefer it go seven because I think that's going to be a great series. I, I honestly prefer it go seven. But I just think, I'm looking at it like this, bro. Not only has that Miami team been to the finals already, um, virtually as constructed, maybe it's about maybe three new pieces, maybe four new pieces on that team from when they went to the finals. But you're not about to sit here and tell me New York was as good as Milwaukee. You're not about to tell me New York has a player as good as Giannis on a team. You're not even about to tell me that New York has a defender as good as Drew Holiday on their team. That's not even arguable. They got a team, though. New York got about, they can go about 9, 10 deep, for sure, of players that will impact the game. But can't none of them check Jimmy one-on-one. Now, somebody could rise to the occasion. This is what the playoffs are for. Therefore, people getting names that usually probably wouldn't get seen because now you're seen by everybody versus just your, your, your local market. But Jimmy probably going to go off. Just on the strength, y'all got tips. 
just on the strength, y'all got tips. He is going to give tips all the work he can handle. And you know where Jimmy gonna probably kill y'all at? Is assist. Jimmy probably gonna average like 12 to 13 assists this game, this drive, this this series. He gonna be is gonna be scoring Jimmy, and then this New York series is gonna be triple double Jimmy. Jimmy Butler is not about to let Isaiah Hardenstein and Josh Hart out rebound him. He's not going to let Jalen Brunson six. What's good with you, baby? I see you. I see you rapping. What's going on, bro? Cooling, cooling, man. I was just talking about this New York series with Hemi Buckets and them. So this is what I said. I said, um, I, I'm taking Miami and six. I ain't got no disrespect on New York. New York got a team. Um, I feel like they can go nine to ten deep of guys who can come impact the game. But And I feel like they offense probably going to click more than it did in against Cleveland. But Make no mistake, they beat Cleveland off bully ball. They're not going to bully New York. On top of that, I said, there's no way New York is going to tell me they have a player on a team as good as Giannis or a defender on a team as good as Drew Holiday. Facts. So, and I'm saying Jimmy, Jimmy is not about to let Isaiah Hardenstein and Josh Hart out-rebound him. Not at all. And I don't believe he's going to let Isaiah quickly. I mean, I, why do I keep calling him Isaiah quickly? Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, I don't know why I keep calling him Isaiah. Emmanuel quickly and Jalen Brunson, he's not going to let them out, out assist him. Nah. So I think this series is triple-double Jimmy. I, regardless of if he gets triple-doubles or not, I think the, the thing is they just gonna get out coached. I think Tibbs, he had a easy matchup the first round as far as coaching goes. It wasn't much that he had to do to to out coach JB. We had the talent to beat them. You know what I'm saying? And, and we definitely just dropped the ball mainly because our bigs they weren't utilized properly. If you get them started from the beginning of the game, they get confident. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, with confidence comes aggression. That they part. weren't confident. So there was no aggression. They just didn't know what to do out there. And that's what they were looking like all season. It just doesn't – it don't manifest that way until you get into the playoffs. That's when things start looking suspect. So when teams is just nonchalantly moving around in the, in the regular season, it doesn't matter. It's cool. And then we play so slow. You know, the Cavs, they got a fast team. The bigs can run. But we got the slowest pace in the NBA. What? Which makes absolutely no sense. Why do, like, And people keep saying, like, oh, ain't nothing wrong with JB. Well, there's no evidence right there. Why does he have them playing so slow? They the, should be boom. up and down the court. Man, as soon as they get the rebound, that, somebody should be down the court. Somebody should just launch the ball. And I feel like this is why Isaac Okoro, they say Isaac Okoro don't got no offense. 
because yeah. you don't see him a lot of transition where he can attack the cup and really play to his strengths. Exactly. And it's no transition for anyone except for Donovan Mitchell when he get the rebound and he take off. Garland don't know how to do that. Whatever reason, he just want to walk the ball up slow and then dribble, dribble, dribble. I just don't get it, man. Like it's just poor coaching all around, and you don't ever get to see the real strengths of these players. You get a real coach in here, man. The Cavs probably win the championship because this year, no, for real. Because Mo. So listen, right? And this is another thing, which is so crazy, right? In game one, JB actually outcoached Tibbs. The Cavs just couldn't hit shots. In game two, it worked. They actually hit the shots. At least Garland did. Yeah, In game three, he changed the whole game plan. Yeah, I was about to so the thing about the Cavs is they never stick with the winning formula from game to game. Because I, I feel like JB don't even watch the tapes. He don't watch what work. Or you would know that, like, once you get your bigs involved, y'all be having a hell of a game. Like, if Mobley going crazy, man, like, how could you lose? But, too, right, so this is where I say. Because in game one, when they started doubling Donovan, they start running the pick and roll with Mobley. Mobley get the ball in the middle of the, of the, of the, at the like the free throw line, right in the middle of the court. Hmm? How many of these indecisive, stupid floater, passy? I don't know. Like he didn't know if he wanted to shoot or pass. But JB, and this is to your point of JB and a lot of other people's point. You can't tell Mobley, bro. You seven foot. Just take the shot. You get that ball, and ain't nobody around you, you pull that two-pointer. Now, they did good by switching. Instead of Okora rolling to the corner, they had Garland rolling to the corner, and that was working. New York didn't really have an answer for that, but Mobley wasn't making right decisions. Right. Okay? But this is where I'm so pissed at Jared Allen because you're the veteran big man up there. You're supposed to be the strong one. And if Mobley is your virtually young protege in a sense, what example did you just set for him? Well, he's not he not a veteran. Really still really young. He's just been in the playoffs a few times. But he's never really been in a meaningful playoff game because he is in the you know, he was in the uh on the bench rotation piece. No, nah, he was in the bubble, I think. No, no, he wasn't in the bubble. It was like two years, a year before that. When Karis LeVert, him and Karis LeVert, they were in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Oh, with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. That wasn't much experience, though. And then, you know, uh, last year, the playing don't really read. You know, it was just, they don't have no real playoff experience. So, you know, I don't expect much from guys, like, as far as leadership goes. But I do expect that. And because they don't have tasks and the coach is not demanding things out of them, he's not giving them roles, they're just not going to be aggressive and they're just not going to do certain shit. So, so off-season moves, what should they do? Do you think they should trade, 
Trey Allen and 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 for uh, uh, picking some players or what y'all what y'all think the move should be made? I want Allen still. I think Allen straight. He just just need to get it together. But as far as offseason moves, what y'all think we should do? I think he, you got to get a new. Coach. Not the, <laughs> not not the old crazy moves that we can't pull off some some moves. That you yeah. I don't think and there's free agents coming up too, so a lot of people gotta um, gotta make some moves. I don't think I don't think we really gotta. I don't think we really gotta make too many trades. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I think maybe we could get some taller wings, maybe. But I will see what you could do with that. As far as free agency, I wouldn't make a lot of trades, especially when you're not playing Stevens. Stevens didn't really playoffs. And then when I saw Stevens in the game, he was making shots and, and being aggressive. So, like, you denied this man a chance in the playoffs for right. whatever. Like, that's another thing. Like, JB, he just – he's horrible at rotation. Rotations is trash. Yeah, that was that was the only thing I was mad about JB about, man, was not pitting Stevens. I think Stevens should have been in there – since game one, but game two for sure. You know what I'm saying? He should have been in there playing. I'm mad that you said that's the only thing that JB did that made you mad. Yeah, that was like the main thing he did that made me mad was not putting Stevenson in. You see, I posted that shit, what, game two? Like, come on, let my dog eat. Because you know what he going to come. He going to come with aggressive. He going to put his body on the line. He was going to dunk on Randall. He was going to two-hand on Randall. He going to come with it, man. He going to yeah. come with it. Energy and I don't understand how when your it's just it just seems as if JB don't even be watching. I don't get it. So it's just like you can't really have nobody like that leading your team if he's not really paying attention to who's ineffective and who's effective in the game. It's just I, it's That's really good, Blue. What you say, bro? No, no, I was reading one of the comments. Blue, oh. what's good? Welcome to the stream, bro. What's good? Um, no, I'm, I'm with you on. So at first I wasn't on the fire JB train, but um, if we going through offseason moves with a clear head, yeah, you gotta look at other coaching options. I'm not sold on going to get Nick Nurse though. Not sold on Nick Nurse. I am, I am on Kenny Atkinson though. Kenny Atkinson. He was the coach for the Nets when uh, D'Angelo Russell and them was there before they uh, let him go to hire Steve Nash when um, when Kyrie and them got there. But he was coaching them before that at first. Okay. Right. Nick Nurse got a shot. Nick Nurse do got a championship. Okay. So with that, you know, players, they immediately look at the ring, you know, and they got to respect it. Regardless of what they feel like, if it's Kawhi's championship or whatever, you know, like, they got to respect it. You know what? As far as um, matchup lineups and stuff like that go, that is something Nick Nurse excelled at. Yeah. And then got to also look at He was working with old centers, Mark Gasol. You know what I'm saying? 
So what do you think he gonna do with these young boys? Imagine him with some young talent that's tall. That might actually be a window to get. Oh, see, so okay though, right? Okay, so let's entertain that. Hold on, six. You you convincing me right now? I ain't gonna hold you, bro. I'm gonna give you your credit. You you convincing me right now, Nick Nurse. We Deep. get Nick Nurse right. He's defensive too. Right, yeah, right. Um, so it's the offense that bothers. Before you see, where Nick Nurse at right now? He got a job. No, he just got let go by Toronto. Yeah, they tripping with that. He just won. I don't think they trip. I don't think they tripping. I don't think they tripping with that. They don't have nobody. They don't have no size. They need a new team. They need to blow it up. They got Scotty Bars, and they need to blow it up. I don't think. I don't think firing the coach is the right idea. Like, yeah, they, I, they don't have anybody up there. They got Siakam playing power forward. He's a small forward. They got three different dudes playing center that are just all small. You know and that's saying? why they need to blow it up, six. That's why that's why they need to blow it up. I wouldn't have fired the coach though. It, you got to. You know why? Because he probably still want to compete. So let him go go somewhere. Well, have his that, choice to sign somewhere where he can feel like he can compete. Yeah. If that's it, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, we ain't gonna just drag you in the mud. You he he's still a young coach, you know what I'm saying? He won the championship in like his first year, second year coaching. You know what I'm saying? So he only got like six seasons in the game. So I'm saying you convincing me on Nick Nurse, though. I'm not gonna hold you though. I'm not gonna hold you. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't get him. Like, well, I know I already know they they gonna probably move JB and like want to put Luke Walton as head coach. And uh, now Luke Walton, he had them boys out there running. So that's so. Listen though, right? So this is why I was like, if you're not gonna fire JB, you know you're gonna keep Luke Walton. Then you gotta get me a veteran, former head coach on that staff that know how to utilize matchups. Somebody who can come in and actually be one of the head voices in there. Sister head coach or something. You no. Yeah, see, I don't like that. If you're gonna get if you're gonna let somebody be the head coach, let them be the head coach. I don't want no assistants that could come in and disrupt my theology. You know what I'm saying? And that's that was the problem with, with um we had we had with black. You know, and Ty Lue. Yeah, he never got to coach the team. Black never got to coach the team. It was always Ty Lue just trying to, you know, he wanted to be the head coach. So it was just, it was just some messed up stuff with that. I don't really like, I don't like the idea of having like these high paid coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like, let the let the coach be the coach, man. I don't care who, the, let him bring in his extra staff. You know, let him bring in his brain trust. Uh, that's just what I suggest. I mean, because how you going to ever establish what you really want to do if it's all these people that have all these different ideas? Now you got to share all these different things. And then by the time it gets to the game, my what I really have the idea for the team is not just the only thing that's being presented. It's what everybody else wants too. No, just get one head coach. Just get one head coach. Let him bring in his assistants. Let him bring in his brain trust. And then if it failed in two years, get him out. Three years, get him out of there. All right. So what? 
Okay, so you saying they should definitely get rid of JB and bring in Nick Nurse. That's your suggestion. Say that again. Oh, let's go sports. Say FYI, JB, Ernie, Bernie Bickerstaff has been a senior advisor with the Cavs since 2014. Yeah, that's okay. Me and JB. For real? Yeah, I think JB is free. Yeah. Dang. So, J, so JB not getting fired? No, I don't think so. This is just all, all right, so talking. So what do you think the Cavs should do then as far as the coaching staff? If they're not going to fire JB, then what's the conversation that needs to be had? My bad, JB 40. I'm sorry. He's a year older than me. He just turned 44, March 10th. Well, yo, did your birthday just pass? Yep. Happy belated, too. Oh, thanks, bro. Appreciate you. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I, as soon as you got over, I was like, man, then your birthday just passed. I know you. What is like the, the, the hey bro, bro, we go back to hooping to hooping in Morris Black in the, in the dirt. Me, you, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> outside hooping in the dirt field, man. That you is know, a fact. Talking about basketball on the internet, man. It's a it's a beautiful life we have, bro. That's a fact, bro. That's a fact. D Trent, game changer sports talk, industry sports up here with Slimmy. Talking basketball and sports, man. We streaming on multiple media platforms. That's Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You can also follow us um, at, on Instagram, Industry Sports, or at D Trent. Follow Six Slim as well. Slim, you still do the photography game too, bro? You already know. Oh yeah, so definitely you need your photos, videos, some nice little shots. You got some some wedding things you want to do, some personal things, intimate things you want to do. Make sure you hit Slimmy up for show for show, y'all. And if you miss any of the live streaming, you can catch the replays on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public. Um, just look for the Industry Sports Channel. Subscribe to that, and then you can catch the Game Changer Sports Talk Show right under that. And subscribe as well. Um, so Slim, let me ask you, bro. Let's let's go to let's go to something that's probably close to us, man. The West in the NBA. All right. Suns. I think it's I think it's Suns in Denver. They already said. Yeah. But tonight, we could possibly get Brian AD Lakers versus Steph. And the Warriors in the second round. So there's two questions here. How how likely do you think that is going to be? And do you think both teams close out tonight at home? Uh, Golden State, they're not losing at the Oracle. Uh, what, wait, do they still play at the Oracle? Oh, no, what? they not at the Oracle. Okay, well, wherever it's at, it's going to be too late. Sacramento, they, <laughs> they they are deer in headlights, man. Unless and and then you know what's his name, finger messed up, De'Aaron Fox. So I don't think they, I don't think they win. And Sabonis is getting punked. Like what about they, Malik Monk and Davion Mitchell? What you mean? They can only do so much, man. They those little guards, man. Oh, they all small guards, all three of them. And then De'Aaron Fox hand messed up. I don't think they got enough. Like the Warriors are really 
they got some really tall wings, man. It's, it's, it's going to be hard for those little guys to really get off on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be hard, you know? The games that I've seen where, where Sacramento was really killing, man, Malik Monk, you know, he was getting 30, 40 points off the bench. Right. Going to be able to do that with the Warriors because they just, they just wear you down over time. You know, they tall guys, man, wear you down, bro. And like, Steph running around the whole game. Oh man, ain't no nah, they ain't losing and go. If they do, Sacramento closing them out in game seven. The Lakers. I think the Lakers losing seven. I, I I really think they shouldn't have lost that last game. Now they either playing around or they are really in trouble. Cause John Moran is here now. He's here now. So I don't see how they really stop him. They ain't really show signs of really being able to to really dominate them. So I don't think. Wait, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Golden State is home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they yeah, go. Yeah, Golden State home tonight. Yeah, who's in that home? Yeah, mm-hmm. and the Lakers home. I'm about to say Lakers home too. Yeah, three to one, three two. Yeah, it's three two. Yeah, uh-huh. three two. Yeah, they but, gotta finish that tonight. Everybody just gotta come with it. AD gotta eat some veggie subs, some protein shakes, and he'll be all right. <laughs> I, 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 I think AD goes back to Mr. Glass and John Moran really show out, bro. I, I think that's a possibility. I also think LeBron James can actually give Dylan Brooks his word and drop 40. So if you do that, shut Dylan Brooks up, they going home. But I don't think LeBron wants to score 40. I think he's more so on trying to save himself for the next round. He's older now. He got to be wise. He got to pick and choose his spots when he his energy. So who y'all think okay, so... to shut it down tonight? Who y'all think need to step up and, and come with it for they can end it tonight? Hey, man, get out my head, man. Great question. So listen, right? Because that was literally my very next statements was about. All right. So in my opinion, tonight is not about AD and LeBron. I personally feel like AD and LeBron going to come with it. But D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and if Darvin Ham don't start playing Mo Bamba, I'm going to lose my mind. How do you have a seven-footer who can spread the floor and hold the paint down not playing? It's something, it's something going on with Mo Bamba, man. It's something, like, missing because he just don't get the tick. He, like, lose, he lost his – didn't he lose his job in, in Orlando? Then he go to the bench in Orlando, end up being on the bench. He lost. Yeah, his- but so in Orlando though, that was because he was playing in Orlando, but he was thin, like Bobo. But he ain't got the handle Bobo got. Like you know, Bobo got all around game. Like he, uh, he that. That's a different conversation. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, Bo uh, Mo Bamba though, I don't. I, I think he didn't got his weight up 
Um, he was contributing Orlando, but they just liked it Wendell Carter better. You know what I'm saying? And they had traded for Bo Bo, and I wasn't mad at that. But I thought Bo, Bo I thought Bo Bama is a good fit for for them, and I feel like he should be playing him, man. I don't, I don't think there's nothing wrong with Mo Bamba. I think it's Ham. Uh, these teams man, and these these coaches, man, they only be going seven players deep into the bench. I don't understand. Yeah, like, that's stupid. I, I'm 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 utilizing everybody. Everybody on the bench. I'm utilizing everybody. Everybody can get a foul. They can get in there and smack somebody around. You know yeah. what I'm saying? John Moran is in midair. We catching them. You know what I'm saying? We catching them in midair. We not letting them fall though. But he not getting them crazy ass dunks. He not getting them crazy ass dunks on. We taking him out of midair. We not letting them fall and touch the ground. We not doing dirty shit. But we're not going. We're gonna follow them hard. No, 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 follow them hard. Have somebody off the bench who you think is not gonna continuously play throughout the playoffs for you all the time. Come through, give him a hard foul, so he'll think twice about coming through there again. Now you gotta think like, damn, do I want to do this? Right. <laughs> do I really want to risk missing the rest of this this series because I wanted to come through reckless abandon? Nah. I'm not saying I hurt a player. I ain't never saying that. But make them think twice about yeah, it. Yeah, you gotta know like this ain't this ain't this ain't that. This ain't that. This ain't that. I'm gonna eat. Uh, I don't know who, what minutes my bomba eat, man. I don't know. Uh, Why he gotta eat somebody minutes? Because because they got a rotation. They got it. They got whoever a, ain't hitting. If D'Angelo Russell ain't hitting, what is he in for? It don't. It ain't. It ain't gonna work like that with Darvin Ham. Man, I don't see why not, bro. You got Schroeder down there, and Schroeder ain't here. Mobile should play. If Reeves ain't hitting, it ain't like you gotta sub him out the whole game. But yeah. if I put them in in the first quarter and they ain't hitting, Schroeder ain't never hitting. Take Toaster Schroeder out. Hey man, that's crazy. Cause Schroeder, um, Schroeder got him in the play in. Got him out the play in. Don't do that. He didn't Don't make do that. Great. It'd have been they'd have, they'd have been out of there. He ain't make that. You know what I'm saying? Schroeder came in when D'Angelo wasn't performing. That's what I'm saying. If D'Angelo play, we not having this conversation. True. You know what I'm saying? Because Rui Hachimura and Jared Vanderbilt been doing their thing, bro. Hey, man. I understand how they got all them players in the first place. I was disgusted by that by those trades. I don't know why no. they're having the Lakers when they are going to fit. They were going to fail. They were done. They were done with Westbrook on that team. They were done. You know what I'm saying? And then Everybody always bails the Lakers out, man. It's just sick and disgusting to me. I don't care who on the team. Kobe, they bail him out. They end up with Bynum and, and Paul Gasol. Man, get the fuck out of here, man. What kind of screens the Lakers be pulling? Who they be paying off extra to get Everybody, these? man. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody get you need a bat? You need a bat? I need that. You need a bat? Gotcha. I need that. Man, you need a bat. that Chris Paul shit. No, that I ain't like. Well, so listen, right? I didn't like the structure of the deal because I felt like more draft picks should have been given up. But I didn't like them not letting Chris Paul play with um 
with uh, Kobe. I'm not going to hold you. I ain't going to lie. Those are one time where where they should have let Chris Paul play with Kobe, but they should have restructured that deal. That was the one time where they where they just like, all right, y'all y'all done broke so many rules, we can't let y'all do this one. Like I ain't like it, cause it's just like, what precedence does that set? Like you could just nix a trade, like that's corny. But the Lakers that had so much done for them, it was they just it was just like no, shit. The Lakers that got Shaq illegally. You know what I'm saying? They had got, they drafted Kobe, traded, traded Vlade Divac. Then they didn't have a starting center. They didn't have a starting center, and then they just miraculously get Shaq. It's just a bunch of shit like that, man. Like the Lakers, they had the luxury of a bunch of bullshit trades. Now whether they capitalize on them or not, that's on them. The only trade I think was legitimate was the Andre. Uh, uh, um, the Andre Davis trade. Man, like, man, Andre Davis. What's his nigga name? Anthony Davis. The Anthony Davis trade was the only one. They gave <laughs> They gave a lot to get Anthony Davis. Uh, Andre Davis. So, yeah. all right, so. Let, 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 come on, come on. Let's, let's push this forward because I got a few more things I want to go over. All right, um, right. So, uh, Phoenix, Denver. How do you think that series go? So if DeAndre Aiden, if DeAndre Aiden is focused and locked in, I don't really see Denver winning. Um, I think it can't be a series of Jokic. I think that has to be a series of Jamal Murray for them to win. I think he's the key. And if he start getting off, then I don't see how Chris, Chris Paul can't really stop him. You know, Devin Booker, they can't, he can't really stop him. So, by them not really having perimeter defenders, you know, the, for the guards, it could be a long series for Phoenix. Or it could just easy – it could be easy work for them because they don't really – like Aaron Gordon, I don't know if he could – I don't know how he's going to play against KD. I've never really seen them two play against each other. So, you know. What, That's what not I, even my X factor in the series, man. That's so crazy. What's yours? Michael Porter Jr. If Michael Porter Jr. get hot, Phoenix is going to have a rough series. I'm not going to even hold you. They don't have an answer for him. Because, so look, right? No, a Kogi can't guard him. So then, so, okay, so can a Kogi guard Aaron Gordon? Well, see, so this is how I look at it, right? Because I see that's how you got it matched up. I don't I don't got it matched up the same like that. I got it matched up where Booker, I, I'm saying Booker is gonna check Murray. For sure. Wait, so who Chris Paul nine times out of ten is gonna check Michael Porter Jr. Because even though Michael Porter Jr. is taller than him, he ain't stronger than Chris. Like Chris ain't no hoe. Like, you can do a lot of things because Chris short, but Chris ain't no hoe. Man, he gonna get help. He's just go around if, him. Yeah, that's if he can get around him on the perimeter. Because you still got to remember, if Chris Paul checking Porter on the perimeter, even if he get in the lane, bro, he still got to dodge Aiden, KD, and Tory Craig. Like that, they still got some defenders behind him. 
Oh, Torrey no. Craig, he come off the bench. No, he start. He start? Yeah. Oh, Kogi was starting last, when I checked last. No, Kogi coming off the bench with, I guess, Cameron Payne should be coming back. I don't know. But it's him, Shamit, some other little cats they got. I oh, forgot. God. They um, picked up Terrence Ross, I think, come off their bench. Yeah, Terrence Ross do come off the bench, too. Now, that's somebody who might be an X Factor. If he get hot in that series, man, Denver can chalk it up. Also, Reggie Jackson, you know, he might play a part in that series as well. Depending on it, just it all depends on. You it, say Aiden? Yeah, it, it all to me. That's that's really what it depends on because if Aiden is really rolling, that means he's he's getting rebounds and he's and he's and he's protecting the rim. If he's protecting the rim, Denver Jokic ain't doing much basically. Denver in trouble. Yeah. You know, KD, like, he ain't no lightweight defender either. So That's what I was saying. <laughs> got him on Michael Porter. See, yeah, and, and another thing was, KD was playing center last series, too. I don't think nobody peeped that. So that's, I, that's why I think him and Aaron Gordon going to be matched up. Not yeah, no, but, yeah, see, that's what I'm, that's what I'm intending. That's, that's what I, that's what I'm expecting to see. But if Michael Porter Jr. start getting off, I feel KD's gonna go to Michael Porter Jr. and then they might put Tory Craig or a Kogi on uh, 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 Aaron Gore. Yeah, I don't know if they can check him though. That's why I was asking. I don't know if those smaller guys can check Aaron Gordon. You know no, so the thing with Aaron Gordon is he ain't really a, a consistent threat from the outside. So yeah. him slashing, getting on the boards, like his defense, his transition game, he play above the rim. So, and it's not like he can't hit threes or twos. It's just not a major threat of his game. But he can do it. He get hot. This becomes a whole different story, too, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? He start hitting the outside shot. He lightweight unguardable because you, you're oh, yeah. going to jump. And you're not stopping him getting to the rim. Oh, yeah. You know no. what I'm saying? But yeah, I, I feel I, like um, Murray and Booker kind of offset each other. No, hell no. Uh, no, no, no. What you mean? No, no. no. What you talking? Booker, Booker, if Booker got Murray, can't Booker. I, I, hey. so I listen. I like Booker. I ain't taking nothing away from Booker. But if you're telling me that Jamal Murray can't go bucket for bucket with Booker, I'm not in agreement with you. I'm not saying that. I'm saying is I'm saying he can't keep up because Jokic is the focal point. That's why I was saying at the beginning, it has to be a Jamal Murray series. There's no guarantee. It, it, it hasn't been one Jamal Murray series since since before he had the injury. You what about this last series? Yeah, it ain't the same, man. You remember what All right, him all right. I, I ain't going to disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. It's not the same. You remember when him and Mitchell went at it? I do. That was before the injury. There was nobody that could tell me it wasn't about to be Jamal Murray's team. When he got hurt, they went right back into that Jokic shit. Then he got them MVPs. I don't know, bro. I think if they focus on Jamal Murray being the man, they're gonna have better results. But I don't think that's the I don't think that's the key for them, Denver's team, actually. I think they want Jokic to be the focal point. That's why I'm saying I don't think. Jamal Murray will ever be able to keep up with Booker because everybody else will get out the way for Booker. 
You know what I'm saying? KD going to always give it to the high end. He going to be like, hey, you got 40? Go for 50. Go for 60. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul, you know, he's going to be like, hey, man, I can't get them buckets no more. Go ahead. Everybody going to step out the way of Booker get hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jamal Murray ain't going to be – nobody's going to be able to keep up. That's the only reason I'm saying it, because the dynamics of the team is different. They got us selfish players who will just be like, oh, yeah, D-Book on fire. Let's, let's let them roll. So how many games this go and who win it? Man, that could go. I think I think it go. I think it's Phoenix and six. I think it's Phoenix and six. Phoenix and six. Yeah. Okay. I think Denver. I think Denver gets two games at home. And then it's done. And then you go on Lakers. You go on Lakers. Um no. So you go on Grizzlies? I got Grizzlies in seven, yeah. I got the Grizzlies in seven if they if they can't get a hold of John Morant. Now, if they slow John Morant down, you know it's already over, bro. You saying Brian is not going to show up in the closeout game? No, this is what I – That's you, you remember what I said earlier? I said Brian yeah. got to show Dylan Brooks what he really is, and that's he got to go for 40. I don't, But I don't know if he want to do that. I think he just – I think he tried to take over the game too late, and then they lose. That's what I. That's what I sense. That's the sense. I, that's the. That's what I got sensing in my mind. They're not gonna get that jump off like they did. You know what I'm saying? The game. What was that game? Game three. They not gonna. That's not gonna happen again. Like the way they came out on, on on Memphis in game three. I seriously doubt if Memphis let that shit happen again. So, in my opinion. I think the NBA wants oh, uh, yeah. LeBron and Steph series. Oh, so I think somehow, some way, both of these series end tonight. We gonna if it was me picking, if if it was if I was just going off strictly basketball, I mean I would give both of those teams the nods because they both know how to close. As champions, as former champions, they know how to close and the other teams don't. And that's a big difference. And plus, they're at home. The table is set. Only talking about one. Yeah. Huh? You only talking about one. Golden State only won that championship caliber. The Lakers, I don't, I don't look at that bubble as a championship. AD and LeBron are top players in this league and champions. I, I, I'm not about to discredit them. I'm not doing that. I didn't say Brian carry a team with less, even okay. though he was younger. I give you that. He was younger. I'm not discounting that, but I'm just not. Brian and AD on their A game, the Grizzlies in trouble. Period. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So I'm a, really going to I personally would rather see the Kings. Oh, my fault. What you were saying, bro? My fault. No, you good. I, I just I don't think he's in. I don't think he's gonna be able to get JJJ out his head, man. Like, like if if AD don't show up, man, I don't, I don't see, I don't see them winning, man. Right, if you miss the glass, I don't see them winning. So you got Warriors tonight, Grizzlies at seven. Yep. I would have picked it the other way around, but oh, I Kings and seven. I would have picked Kings and seven, and Grizzlies go down tonight. Um, oh. but. I think either or is a good pick. I think either way it's a good pick. I think it's sure. it's it's open. 
You know what I'm saying? That's how yeah, for sure. Yes, because both all four teams are are really talented. You know, it's just a lot of some of these guys they never really get their chance. Like a lot of the guys on the Lakers, they really haven't gotten a chance. You know what I'm saying? So that's we, a fact. I I just I just don't trust D'Angelo Russell, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't trust him. That's can't, understandable. And guard Ja. Nobody can guard Ja. And I don't think they're going to have anybody try and be an enforcer. But I got a feeling if Ja jump out the gate, he going for 40. 40 Y'all going to need some support, though. So who shows up tonight? Does, does Jared Jackson actually have an offensive breakout? Or is it Bain and Brooks? Is it is it Tyus? It's going to be Bain. And I'll say watch out for Xavier Tillman as well. He's going to get some rebounds. If they can't keep Xavier Tillman off the glass, they're going to be they gonna really be in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Because I just don't want JJJ shooting so many threes. You know what I'm saying? Like, if he just get rolling around the basket. He get rolling around the basket. Oh, man. He can't get rolling around the basket, man. <laughs> AD down there. All right, so look. Let's switch over to some football, man. You 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 down for this football talk? Man, let's talk some football. I can only, you know, I only talk to Burns. I'm I'm not in. I haven't really been invested in football in some years. I only care about the Browns. And with that being said, fuck that two hundred million dollar contract or three hundred million, whatever it was. I don't fuck with the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar OBJ though, that's a that's a nice combo, yeah. You say what? Lamar OBJ, that's a nice little combo, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm knocking. All right, so look, before I even get to the draft talk, I OBJ Huh? Which OBJ we getting? He, he gonna be healthy? I think so. I think after sitting out for almost two years, I think I think I mean he looked good after ten months, and so if he took two years, I think I, I think he should be good. Uh, what are you gonna do against the Browns? So wait, so before we get to that, let's get to these Browns because I ain't had this talk with you, right? right? So right now, so today is the second round of the draft. Uh, the Browns have four picks today. Uh, number 74, uh, which is a pick that they picked up from trading back with uh, the New York Jets when they gave up 42 to get Elijah Moore, uh, the receiver. Um, they have their compensatory pick at 98. And then they have two fourth-round picks, um, one they gathered from – I forget what trade that was. And then their own fourth-round pick. So they got uh, 111 and 126. Um, I don't know how much you know about what the roster look like right now, but I'll just go over a, a quick skip. So on offense is Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb at running back, and Nick Chubb backup is uh, James Jerome Ford, the rookie that we picked up from Cincinnati last year. On the receiver side is Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, David Bell, 
uh, Marquise Goodwin. Um, I'm missing somebody. Yeah, we still. Yeah. I'm missing. Yeah, I mean, Jakeem Grant, Anthony Schwartz, uh, Michael Woods is hurt. The Isaiah Weston guy is coming back. Um, the offensive line is still intact. Uh, David Njoku, David Harrison, and Jordan Atkinson, the guy they picked up, or Akins, I think, uh, for tight end. Then on the defensive side, um, they got Miles Garrett on the line with Dalvin Thomason they just picked up, and uh, uh, Oboe, Okoro. That's, that's uh, but we're going to say double O from uh, the Texans on the other end. Uh, they they coming back with um uh, what's that boy name Jordan Elliott uh Tommy Togia on the defensive tackle side and then the two rookies from last year uh Alex Wright Isaiah uh, Thomas and the uh, linebacker room is um they didn't bring back Deion Jones but it's JOK Jacob Phillips Tony Fields um, Anthony Walker Jr. They just brought back. And I want to say they signed somebody else, but don't quote me on that name. Yeah, I can't think of his name no more. Yeah, I don't quote me on that. Huh? It was somebody that played for the Ravens. Don't quote. I'm gonna have to look. And I think he used to Browns pre prior to that. I forgot who it is. Look, we're gonna have to pull that up. You talking about Joey Porter Jr.? Who did Joey Porter go to? He ain't get drafted yet. Yeah, he ain't get drafted yet. Hold on, let's go to the Browns and see. Let me check this out one time for the one time. Oh, we still got Mike Harley Jr. down there, too. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Akins, that's his name. Um... Who are we looking for? Oh, linebackers. Okay, so Sam Kamara. Is it him? Matthew Adams, Tory Jack, Story Jackson, uh, the Jordan Kanuzi guy, uh, JOK, Jacob Phillips, Sione Taki Taki, and Anthony Walker. Oh, wait. Did oh. you play for him? Uh, he used to play for the. Uh, who are you talking about, uh, Kamara or Adams? Thomason. They used to play for the Ravens. That might no. Thomas used to play for the Vikings. Okay. Who's somebody Ravens that we had signed? He only played uh -huh. played it like one year though. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hi, we got Juan Thornhill and the safety back there with um Grandel Pitt. Um. Still got DeAnthony Bell, and then on the cornerback side is Emerson Ward, Newsom, AJ Green. They still got Thomas Graham, uh, Mike Ford, and then you notice the new defensive coach Jim Schwartz. What happened up? Uh, Greedy is in Philly. Oh wow! Right. Hmm. I was saying they should have moved Greedy to safety. Yeah, we gonna see though, man. Like, I don't know, man. I, 
I, I think we should get a linebacker for sure. I think we definitely need a linebacker. We can always get to, you know, boost up that secondary. That's just what I'll say. And But I will focus on somebody who's really great at tackling. Really great. Like, I will just focus on getting players that are great at tackling. High <laughs> players that can tackle. That's all I will focus on. High IQ football players that can tackle. That's it. That's all I care about. I don't okay. care. Like, I, I feel like the offense, the way it is, is going to flourish. It's going to really flourish. I would really focus on defense. High IQ football players that can tackle. Get some young players like that, man. You're good to go. You're good to go. Here's the come. Okay. Okay. I had the pleasure of being in Twitter spaces last night. Um, and shout out to uh, Offseason Chops. Um, I ain't sure if anybody familiar with him, but I'm going to give him his props and his shout out uh, because he pulled off something that even the local media couldn't pull off. And he had an exclusive Twitter space interview with Deshaun Watson yesterday. Uh, okay. I had the privilege of getting the notification, being able to come in and join. Um, and it was refreshing refreshing to hear not only to able to have a first-hand view of hearing him speak of Mr. Deshaun Watson and how he felt about the city, but I felt like he meant every word of it. I didn't feel like it was scripted. I didn't feel like, you know what I'm saying? For one, he don't got to come on Twitter spaces. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? But he knew he he seems to get an understanding of how passionate the city is about the team. Yeah, is that, a, is that available online? Listen to I or did they keep it locked in? Well, Chops probably got. I'm pretty sure Chops has a uh, off season. Chops has a YouTube page, and he probably posted it on there. Let me so I get that link. I will share it though. Uh, I'm all about giving people their credit, man. I ain't, you know, what I'm saying I ain't no leech like that. I ain't that type of guy. Um, so I want to give Chops his full props um, because he pulled off something nobody else could pull off. However, he got it done. Salute to that man because he got it done. Um, but yeah, no, it was refreshing to hear. I felt like he was really genuine. He's really understanding how much the team loves uh, the city, um, and. You know, as he's talking, Chops asking him questions and they chopping it. And he they just chopping it like they just been best buds for, for a little minute now. Um, so I, you know, I put in, I asked him, say, man, ask Deshaun how the new offense go look with, with Chubb. You know what I'm saying? Um, so. Hey, hey, question on the radio. Huh? <laughs> I say they was talking about your question on the radio. They For real? About, they was talking about this whole shit on, on Red early. This whole yeah. Whole yeah, so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, Chops. Because first I inbox Chops. And I'm like, asking what the new offense going to look like. But then I'm like, man, it's probably a thousand people inboxing Chops. On the Twitter space, whenever you run a space, the main post, you can comment on the side you right. know what i'm saying so everybody in the space can see the comment 
So right. I'm like, I'm asked, so I'm like, oh shit, you know, Deshaun probably might see this too. Let me just throw it out there. Like, how the new offense gonna look with Chubb? And Deshaun adamantly said, Chubb gonna get the ball. He said, first off, don't even worry about if Chubb gonna be part of the offense. He went as far as to say, bruh, Chubb can run routes. And I, I don't think that was caught. He said, bruh, Chubb be out there running routes with the wide receivers for real. And that don't get publicized. All right? He said, man, Chubb going to be heavily involved in this offense. So, Browns fans don't think that 24, he's like, trust me, you're going to get ahead. You're going to see a lot of 24 for sure. You know what I mean? And um, he was talking about, you know, the little offseason workouts and how, you know, everybody showed up. And he said he did that because it's it's bigger. The chemistry is built off the field. Yep. yep. You know what I'm saying? You got to learn this stuff off the field and through repetition and things like that. And he was just, you know, saying how he's a quiet leader, you know, not necessarily like he's just absolutely silent, but he liked to let his work talk for him. You know what I'm saying? So when he say something, it holds weight. And I think, by him, Chubb, and it's just a side note for me, uh, apart from what, what, what was actually being said. Um, I think him, Chubb, and Amari Cooper having that personality as the three ones at the three main positions on offense should vote well and go well with an offensive line that carries that same type of demeanor. Mm. It's, like a, a, it's like a quiet aggressiveness, you know what I mean? But you still need them noisemakers, you know. And I, I don't feel like DPJ is a dynamic noisemaker, but I feel like he's an impactful noisemaker. I feel like David Bell and Elijah Moore and um, David and Joku and Jane and Jerome Ford can be the 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 loud dynamics mm. because. The attention that Amari, Chubb, and Deshaun is going to bring is going to open up for guys like and, – and DPJ, because DPJ is a traffic catcher, and Deshaun has a, seems to have a rapport with him already, going back from last year. So um, it, I would say, you know, guys like Bell, Moore, Ninjoku, Ford, they should have a lot of opportunities to make big plays, you know, off play action, off screen, off the they double coverage in here. And they don't know that Deshaun know you're going to be open over here. Just catch the ball and make the play. Um, he said uh, you probably going. Well, he, I don't think he said I think this is a conversation we had, but I'm assuming it's probably going to be a lot more in the screen game. You're going to see Chubb. Um, Probably, you know, maybe little quick dump offs. Um, I'm thinking in a play action dump off uh, on the fake side when he go to look for the big play, he gonna just dump it down to Chubb and Chubb gonna make noise. I think that's gonna be a little thing, but it was refreshing to hear him say that and to hear him say like he building a lot of rapport with with a lot of the receivers. But he talked very highly of Elijah Moore, and he said uh, I was about to bring that up. What he said about Moore. Yeah, he said uh, Elijah Moore is a top-tier route runner for his age. 
in his opinion. Uh, he said he's a guy who who walks the talk. Um, and he works hard. Uh, he called him incredibly talented, uh, very high IQ. Um, but he said he reminded him of a Amari Cooper a little bit. In so many words, I believe. If I don't want to misquote him, but I I believe that's what he was saying. And that just was like, bruh. I'm thinking like, you know, this is my personal thoughts. I'm thinking like, bruh, if if he get the the Will Fuller role, this is about to be nasty. Oh my God, bruh. This offense is about to be unstoppable. But listen, what I what I the question I have I want to ask you though is, it was actually about Elijah Moore. Do you think he could eventually be the number one guy? I think <laughs> if everything goes right, DPJ Elijah Moore and David Bell will be the new receiving core with David and Joku, a blossom David and Joku, and. Mm, I don't know if it's a new tight end that may come in or it's going to be a maybe this Jordan Atkins guy or maybe Harrison Bryant Blossoms. Um, but I think the idea is to give Deshaun Watson as many good pass catchers as possible, especially ones that he can grow with while he got Amari Cooper. The thing about Amari Cooper is under Deshaun Watson, he's probably going to put up very nice numbers. At that point, his $20 million a year still becomes legitimate, and I don't think the Browns want to pay him that at his age. Mm. Uh, he still got this year and this upcoming year and next year up under contract, um, and they're probably going to, you know, do the restructure thing so he get his money but not be a big cap hit. Um, but I think after his contract is up, unless he comes back on a team-friendly deal, um, he's probably – not going to stay. Um, I think that's I think that's crossing the bridge too early. But I do think Elijah Moore could at least become the number two. Um, I personally think DPJ could be the one. Um, DPJ, if DPJ becomes a crisper route runner, he's a number one. He has the speed to get in the back of people. He has the height to jump up with people. He has the strength to break away. He's already shown the ability to consistently catch in traffic for a whole season. If he becomes a top-tier route runner and his hands consistently improve, he's a number one. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? In my opinion. Elijah Moore can be a number one, and I think he is number one talent. Um, but having him and DPJ as a one and two, I don't think it really matters. You know what I'm saying? David on my floor. What you were saying, bro? My bad. No, I was just saying that's true. Like, it doesn't matter um, right there. I think David Bell is the guy. But I want to see. Hey, listen. I, everybody don't like number 10, and that's cool. I want to see him make noise. I, I need number 10 to show out. I need him to be the MVP of the offseason and let that show in because. Yes, man. Yes, man. Because I'm telling you right now, if you get Schwartz, 
with Elijah Moore and Godwin, bruh, that's three super speedy guys. Man, the Browns play action game. Like, I don't think people understand how raw the play action game about to be. And then if it gets to that point, y'all, I want y'all to understand that it's very possible that Kareem Hunt could be back on the Browns. When? I would say this would be uh, June, late June, um, a, a post-June 10th move. Um, I think he's going to end up in our division somewhere. I don't know I where. Think, I think he will I, be in our division, and I don't think he's going to be the lady. I think I think he's going to come back, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. I think I think Kareem will come back because he gonna see. We gonna see, but I think I think he gonna come back. In my opinion, he gonna take a team little friendly deal. Um, he gonna be utilized more because I'm just thinking of a three receiver set, bro. Shotgun. I mean, you could run any combination of Chubb and Joku in the backfield. Chubb and Hunt, Hunt and Njoku. You could split out Cooper Moore, DPJ, Ooh. DPJ Moore Bell. Like <laughs> Ninjoku, uh Amari in the slot, Njoku and Moore on the outsides. Like it's so many different things you could do. Five receivers. Um, Listen, the Browns could literally go no huddle and run every formation in the playbook on one drop. Yeah. That's you know what I'm saying? So I, be, man, I, I was talking speed that motherfucker up. <laughs> but hey, bro, I gotta get out of here, man. I gotta get back to studies. So, um, what you taking up, bro? Uh, I'm trying to get in this IT program, man. That's a good field. Yes, sir. Congrats to you, bro, man. It was a pleasure rocking with you. Thank you for coming through, man. Definitely man, see you on the next trip for sure, for sure. Always pull up. Man, hey, no. I, hey, we no, can no. get you on the other show, too, but we can talk that, that realness. It ain't really got too much to do with sports. <laughs> oh, yeah. What, what, wait, wait, what, what other show? We got the deeper, deeper than bars. bars. Deeper than bars. So you can deeper than bars, deeper than rap. Shit, that be having everybody on the um, Facebook mad at you. <laughs> yeah, that type of shit. What days on that? Man, yeah, we can do we, it. We, we let you know when you free. When you free, just um, we we'll set something up. All right, bet man. You know I always like, man. It's all good, man. I love y'all, man. Man, love you too, bro. Good, good check yeah, in, deeper than bars. That's when I bring degrees back out. That's when the degrees drop out. That's when I bring that personality out. Hey. You know what I'm we gonna we gonna we gonna get to it, man, for sure. Just just let let me know, man, because you know in the evenings I'm free right now until I start school. So just let me know, man. Now it's a bet, definitely, bro, man. Congrats to you, man. Glad you're still doing your thing, man. I'm definitely gonna catch you on the uh, on the on the on the spin the block side for sure. You already know, man. Hey, y'all keep doing this. I'm, I'm I'm tapped in for sure. Appreciate it for sure, for sure. All right, gang, y'all be easy.
One, bro. D Trank, game changer, sports talk, industry, sports streaming on multiple media platforms Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can definitely follow us on IG as well, that industry sports or at D Trent. Um, if you missed the live streaming, please catch the replays on um, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Radio Public, various other streaming platforms. Um, subscribe to the industry sports channel, and then you can find the Game Changer Sports Talk right up under that. Make sure y'all leave your comments. You know what I'm saying? The link is usually posted from whatever streaming platform that you see it on. You could definitely, uh, you know, hit the link, come up, talk your stuff about whatever topic we coming in or present a new topic, man. It's always welcome. You know, it's open discussion here. Uh, let's get to the meat and bones of it, though. We talked a little basketball, you know what I mean? Caught up a little bit, talked a little Browns, talked a little Cavs. Um, and, I mean, we, you know, it's the home team. So they going to get the spotlight before anything get the spotlight. Um, but let's go over this draft right quick before before we get on the bottom here because that's really the meat and bones of the day, right? So uh, number one pick, Bryce Young, goes to Carolina. Um, I don't really have a problem with the pick. I just think out of all the quarterbacks, if somebody going to be a bust, it's probably going to be Bryce Young. Um, and bus usually refers to what you, what your career highlights turn out to be, uh, against where you were drafted. Um, it's, I mean, it's not debatable that he's definitely one of the better passers in the draft. You argue that he's the best. Um, where I have the problem at is. You used to playing with top tier talent. I don't care what nobody says. You can't tell me that Alabama has eight, nine running backs in the NFL currently on rosters, along with 14 to 15 different receivers from the last. And it's probably more than that. It's probably like 17 to 18 receivers. But I'm just going to say 14 to 15 out of the last seven, eight drafts. And you telling me he ain't played with no talent? He didn't play with the talent that C.J. Stroud got? But it's whatever, man. I thought Bryce Young probably would have made more money staying in college. And he could have left college with like $40, 50000000 million and just did whatever he wanted to do. Uh, I hope that he turns me out to be wrong. And I hope he turns into a Hall of Famer. Because I always want to see each player get drafted, potentially become a Hall of Famer. I mean, you know, the draft is about celebrating these young men's transitioning from this being just a childhood game that they dedicated their life to, to a job where they could change the fortunes of their families for generations. So this is a celebration about them. Um, all this other talk is for the media. It's for us fans to talk about. Um, but he goes to Carolina, new management. He got Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard back there in the backfield. Um, he got DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault um, on the receiving side, Terrence Marshall Jr. Um, so he got a little something to play with, man. He got a couple tight ends over there, Tommy Tremble, a couple other little guys. 
If they're going to be able to utilize new coach over there, we're going to see how it go. Uh, D'Amico Ryans got a six-year deal. He's the new head coach of the Houston Texans, who was the second pick. Leading up to the draft the last couple of weeks, all they kept saying was, C.J. Stroud not going to Houston. C.J. Stroud not going to Houston. They want Will Levis. They want Will Levis. Um, they want to take Will Anderson. Well, they got that and some. With the number two pick, the Houston Texans did not waste any time by coming up and drafting C.J. Stroud. Um, they took even less time than Carolina did, and we all knew Carolina was taking Bryce Young. Then they traded Arizona for the third pick by moving up from 12 to 3 and picking Will Anderson. So Will Anderson went third. Fourth for the Indianapolis Colts went Anthony Richardson. Now, this Anthony Richardson pick, I like. Um, personally for the Colts. They play in the dome. Um, he's going to be able to do his thing, period. Um, he got two tall receivers over there. He got a nice running back. They got a, a, a stout defense. The division is wide open. Um, his head coach now is used to running with uh, grooming mobile quarterbacks to be championship-level guys. I think it all works. Um, Earlier today, though, this morning, I was listening to ESPN, and Dan Orlowski and Tim Hasselbeck were um, having a talk about Anthony Richardson and the, and the coach drafted him. Now, what's funny about Dan Orlowski, shout out to Dan, and Tim Hasselbeck, shout out to Tim, is both of these are former quarterbacks. Both of these are career backup quarterbacks who are just backup quarterbacks. I'm going to argue that they were third-string quarterbacks or really just roster fillers. Um, and that's no disrespect to them. But, uh, you know, they're arguing about the, legitis the, the legitimacy of Anthony Richardson going at number four. And Tim Hasselbeck, in my opinion, is upset that Anthony Richardson went in the first round at number four and Will Levis didn't get picked at all. Now, you could take that for however you want to take that. But from what was demonstrated on TV from him and his angles and how the topics followed back to back and how his aggression and mood went, he was upset that Will Levis did not get picked in the first round at all and he was even more upset that Anthony Richardson went number four to the Colts. He tried to use all these different things to try to discredit Anthony Richardson and try to put him in the same category with Mitchell Trubisky and, 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 and Mark Sanchez. And, and that's not even comparable. Just athletically, like they are nowhere even near the same in the same stratosphere, which is what Dan Orlovsky was saying. Um, I don't know what was wrong with Tim today. He was he was weird. Um, and it came off a bit odd. 
You know, I ain't gonna put no labels on him, but it just it didn't have a great look to it, Tim. You looked it a certain type of way. Because ain't no way you looked at Will Levis tape, you looked at Anthony Richardson tape, and you thought Will Levis was better than Anthony Richardson. It's impossible. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible. So uh Anthony Richardson goes for. Uh, five to the Seahawks goes Devon Witherspoon. The Seahawks lightweight had the raw draft, right? Um, so we get the six. Detroit trades out of six. And the Arizona Cardinals trade back up to six. Now, leading up to the draft, you heard that um, the new coach, in in Arizona is I believe it was the Eagles all defensive coordinator last year, Jonathan Gannon, who played under Schwartz, uh, who coached under Jim Schwartz, who was the Browns defensive coordinator now. But um Gannon takes over as the head man the Cardinals. And the report came out that Kyler stressed to Kime and, and Kingsbury that he wanted to get a left tackle. And all the left tackles that he suggested in the last few years all end up becoming Pro Bowl left tackles, either in that year or the year following. So Arizona trades up from 12 to Detroit to get six, and they draft Paris Johnson, the uh, uh, offensive tackle from Ohio State. Big boy. Six, six, big boy. I'm talking about he's an earth mover, too. He be moving. So I thought that was a great pick for them. Um, at seven goes Tyree Wilson, defensive end. Um, then you get to pick eight. I'll be saying the whole draft, y'all, or leading up to the draft, that B. John Robinson is a top ten pick. Everybody kept saying, or a lot, I don't say everybody, but a lot of the media kept saying, oh, he should go to Philly, he should go to Philly. And I've been saying the whole trip that he shouldn't make it past Atlanta. Atlanta in the past few drafts have drafted Kyle Pitts and Drake London. And now you have Cordero Patterson down there, who's like 33 now. Um, and you had a guy that performed good for you last year, but he just performed good for you because a lot of other teams didn't play up to their potential. And that's no knock on him for taking advantage of the opportunity, but we're not going to mistake it for what it was. Um, uh, they got Desmond Ritter. You need a franchise guy. Bijan Robinson fits the mold. And they drafted him, and they didn't waste time. And I'm not an Atlanta Falcons fan, but I was so happy. And I am, like, so ecstatic that he went there, okay? I play Madden. I like Madden. I like being able to play with any team and knowing that whatever team that I pick up with got a squad. I believe in parity. I believe there should be no easy nights in no professional sports. There should not be a such thing as a sucky team in professional sports. That's why the number one pick should be so much more effective because every team should already be one piece away to get it. So if you end up with the number one pick, you shouldn't have a really sub squad anyway. That's just my thoughts, all right? 
So, but I was very ecstatic to be able to say Bijan Robinson with Kyle Pitts and Drake London is a tandem. And I like that for Desmond Ritter and I hope that he can really come into his own because I think Desmond Ritter could be be an everyday starter and a potential Pro Bowl guy, um, in my opinion, especially with that talent. Um, but that was number eight. So let me tell you a team that's not getting enough recognition for being the most savvy in this draft, and that's the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears were picking at number one. They started off with the number one pick, okay? I don't never think at no point in time that Chicago ever had any intention of drafting any quarterback. So whoever paid the right ransom to get the number one got the number one, which is cool. They got a team to come up and draft a guy that they wasn't going to draft anyway, and they got more picks for him. Now, in my opinion, when you got stuff like that, I feel like the rest of the league should make them hold that pick. Said the draft, hold that pick. Make a decision. Hold that pick. That's me. Again, I like parity. Hold that pick. All right? But I do believe in people going to the right places. So, um, but anyway, Chicago trades out of one. They get to nine. And Philadelphia is at 10. And B. John Robinson already came off the board. Philly immediately makes a trade. It comes up. Philly, Philly immediately makes a trade with Chicago. I knew. Well, I don't say I knew, but it was out there that Philly wanted B. John Robinson. So once he came off the board, it was still Jalen Carter on the board. And soon as that notification popped up, Philly. Now I got the Twitter space recorded. So you can go on my page, you can catch the Twitter space out because I stayed for like the first 10 picks before I go ahead and end the space. Um, but when they, I was like, oh, yeah, they about to get Jalen Carter. Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean already over there. And sure enough, they did. But we got to talk about the Bears because the Bears wasn't going to draft Jalen Carter, nor were they going to draft um, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. They got Justin Fields. They just made a trade, and they got a, off another offensive weapon, the D.J. Moore, to go with Mooney. They got um, Young Herbert down there in the backfield. Um, I don't know what's up with Tyree Cohen. I think he's gone. But they probably can find another back in this draft to go with them. They got an offensive tackle. And they got who some people say arguably might be the best tackle in the draft. I mean, it's up between him and Paris Johnson, and we'll see how their careers turn out. But the Bears got that guy. And I was happy for the Bears. Um, I thought they made some pretty good moves, some savvy moves. Um, and I just thought it was smart. Tennessee goes 11. They take the guard from uh, Northwestern. Um, I don't know a lot about him, um, so I can't really speak on whether that's a good pick for them or not. Um, but if they, but a lot of people have him rated as the highest, uh, one of the highest linemen in the draft. So that's cool. This is where the controversy starts to kick in. Okay. The Lions at 12 take Jameer Gibbs. 
Now, everybody is losing their mind. Why did they take Jameer Gibbs? They already got, um, who was that? Uh, DeAndre Swift. They just brought in David Montgomery. Wasn't David Montgomery just hurt most of the last two years? DeAndre Swift is just one back. In this physical game, don't you need running backs by committee? Dan Campbell, who was the new coach, second-year coach um, for the New York the Detroit Lions, he did not draft the roster he inherited. He has a right, especially after taking that team to nine wins last year, to build hey, the like, team. I, I like the Detroit Lions, too. I always love the Lions, man. And I think the Lions, man, I think the Lions might make some noise. Continue what you're saying, but I think the Lions might make some noise next year. Let's see. No, for real. So they take Jameer Gibbs. I wanted the Browns to try to trade him and get Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is Eric Metcalf meets Reggie Bush, in my opinion. That's that's my opinion. But he actually got a little power to him. I won't give him Ladanian because I think Bijan Robinson is more Ladanian. Um, and I think if anybody close to anything that Adrian Peterson was, I will have to give that nod to Nick Chubb. Um, but Jameer Gibbs is an offensive weapon that can play out the backfield, out the receiver, and be a kick and punt returner. He is an offensive weapon. I don't care what nobody else thinks. That was an outstanding pick. Oh, they picked him at 12. Jameer Gibbs was arguably one of the most impactful producers on a championship, on a on an almost championship level team, on a championship level team. They didn't win it, but they were up there. And he did it from everywhere. So, yes, I like the pick because they picked Jamison Williams last year on offense. And then I'm going to get to the other pick next. I like Jameer. The Packers take Lucas Van Ness at defensive end at 13. This, this, Them, that team in PA that's not Philadelphia took offensive tackle Broderick Jones um, at 14. They traded up from 17 with the Patriots. The Jets at 15 took outside linebacker Will McDonald. Then the Commanders at 16 took Emmanuel Forbes. And at 17, um, the pick that was from the other team from PA not Philly, um, that went to the Patriots. The Patriots took Christian Gonzalez, who was arguably one of the best secondary guys. And then the Lions took Jack Campbell. Now people were tripping on this pick. Oh, they took Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell is arguably, outside of Will Anderson, 
who I don't even think Will Anderson is really a linebacker. Jack Campbell was the best linebacker in the draft. He was arguably one of the best producers, impact producers in college football last year. Last year, Detroit drafted Aiden Hutcherson, a defensive end, out of Michigan with their number two overall pick. So how is getting a linebacker that's a tackler at 6'5", who's rangy, run a 4'5", I believe, why is he a bad pick? People think Detroit built a team off what they roster looked like. And people need to stop doing that. You don't know what these coaches and these GMs got planned for their teams and their rosters. If we're judging Dan Campbell's picks, and he's not the GM, but he's the recognizable name. If we're judging his picks off consistency, he got a receiver and then a running back who can receive with his first with two of his first two of his two first round two of his four first round picks in two years and then he got a defensive end and a linebacker and what world is that not good football i don't i don't understand i don't i don't know what everybody else looking at i'm gonna tell you what i think is the biggest reach of um of this first round. And that's Tampa Bay taking uh Kalea uh Kalija Kalia out Cali. I'm gonna just say C Chance. Uh Cancy. Uh I don't know, y'all. I mean if he gonna play defensive end, I think he got a chance. Um but if he gonna play defensive lineman, um, but if he play defensive lineman, he probably gonna be a bust. That's just my stance. At twenty, went Jackson Smith for Nick, but wide receiver from Ohio State. One could make the case that Seattle had one of the better picks in the first round. They got arguably the best defensive back and the best receiver in the draft. They pairing Jackson Smith and Nick, but with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They just re-signed Geno Smith and they got Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker back there. That's pretty formidable. Um, the Chargers follow up at 21 and take Quentin uh, Johnston from TCU, the receiver. Uh, he's getting paired up now with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, another weapon for Justin Herbert. We're going to see how that work out, man. Jordan Addison from USC, he goes to Minnesota. And he's paired with Justin Jefferson, who just lost Adam Thielen. I'm okay with that pick. The New York Giants move up to pick. Deontay Banks, cornerback from Maryland. Baltimore takes Don Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. Dallas takes Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle out of Michigan. And that's interesting, too, because I guess uh, 
And I say I guess because I didn't watch it. Michael Parsons, uh, linebacker, uh, pass rusher from Dallas, was on one of the national network TV coverage draft shows talking to A.J. Brown. Um, and long story short, he was very excited about this Mozzie Smith pick. Um, and they got him. The Jaguars got offensive tackle Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Um, the Bengals got Miles Murphy, defensive end from Clemson. The Saints took Brian Brees, defensive tackle from uh, Clemson. The Eagles got Nolan Smith, outside linebacker from Georgia. And noticeably, the Eagles just rebuilt the two-time champion Georgia defensive front seven in the NFL. That's crazy. Um, and last to go in the round was the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Felix uh, Yazuma uh, from Kansas State, defensive end, a 6'3", 255. Um, and I know it's 32 teams, and that was only 31 picks. But for those that don't remember, Miami got caught with a tampering charge from the Blair Flores investigation that uncovered that the GM tried to get Tom Brady and Flores to have a secret meeting to get Tom Brady on Miami before he chose to go to Tampa Bay. And because of that penalty, they had to forfeit a first round pick, which would have been the 21st pick in the draft this year. Um, because it's forfeit, though, it was only 31 picks in the first round and not 32. Uh, later on today, ESPN will cover the second, third, and fourth rounds of the NFL draft. You should be able to watch it on NFL Network, NFL App, NFL Plus, um, ESPN, ESPN Plus, ESPN Deportes. Um, you should be able to catch it everywhere. I'm pretty sure I probably might do something, whether it be Twitter Spaces or back here on the streaming side, um, for when the Browns go on. Uh, the Browns will not pick in the third round, uh, pick in the second round unless they trade up, which is, I'm not going to say highly, it's not impossible. I think it's unlikely. But, um, you know, maybe we'll hook back up later, man. I appreciate everybody who joined in, who listened up, stayed up with me for the couple hours, man. Went over basketball, football, D-Trend, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, man. Streaming on multiple media platforms, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, follow us on IG, at Industry Sports page or D-Trend page. If you missed the live recordings, please follow us on, uh, Inst on um, Spotify, Anchor. Google Podcast, Radio Public. Uh, look for the Industry Sports channel. Subscribe to that, and you'll find it. Uh, Game Changer Sports Talk Show, and you can subscribe to that as well. Um, it's always a pleasure rocking with y'all, man. Stay safe, stay dangerous. It's Friday. I hope it's super hot uh, or very nice weather, whatever part of the world you in, which you viewing from. Please be easy, and uh, I'll catch y'all later, man. One.